Episode 133, as the Montreal Canadiens, as the thumbnail shows, one win away from a Stanley Cup final. Yes, you heard me correct. And I can hear all of you out there. And Jordan, Joe, they're on standby. Mac, of course, is here. Joe's reminding me. Comments out there. Can't wait to hear Kipper downplay Montreal. Talk about Vegas and how great they are, just not playing well. No, I'm not going to do that. Full credit. But we on this show, and I'll include Mac, and Mac can speak for himself, but we just call it the way we see it. And the eye test and the experience that we've had around the game, it's easy five weeks ago to look at the Montreal Canadiens and say, they couldn't beat a junior A team. They they were horseshit five weeks ago. And then you watch them against the Leafs, down 3-1, didn't look very good. So you can only comment on what you see. And what we see today and what we saw five weeks ago are those first four games against the Leafs. Different picture. And full credit for the guys. And full credit for the coaching staff. Desharm's not even there. Luke Richardson comes in. There's Sean Burke. There's Alex Burles. Full marks to all of them. Because what we see out of the Montreal Canadiens today is vastly different than we saw a month ago. Mac, back me up. Well, some of us were not quite as hard on the Habs as others. (laughs) And you I were one pick, of them? I did pick them to, you know, to do, to battle the Leafs right to the end. And I did pick them to win a couple of games here against San Jose when you were dead against it. But look, hey, they played really well. I, I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, watching last night. We're all shocked. We're, we're all shocked. Night, I didn't, I picked them to win the last two or the, the two previous there, but I didn't pick them to win last night. But I'll tell you what. They were solid in every category, and Vegas are stumbling in too many areas. All right, key players all over the map. They're we'll, struggling. They're, we'll break they're it down. Stumbling. We'll break it down. But I just, I just want to stay on the focus on the probability of a team that has a. 18th overall record after 56 games. Again, putting themselves in a predicament of being one win away from a Stanley Cup final. And if we go, what, four years ago, and we talk about the probability of an expansion team getting to a Stanley Cup final, this doesn't have that extreme. I get that. But in the grand scheme of things, historically, this isn't too far off, Mac. Between that expansion team four years ago to go into a final or seeing a team that during the course of 82 games probably would have missed the playoffs, now one win away from a Stanley Cup final. Yeah, and I, you know what's interesting is Bergevin was given amazing credit this summer for the pickups, whether it was Toffoli, whether it was Edmonston, you know, whether it was whoever he picked up. Okay, Perry. And all of a sudden, 
they were slotted in as playoff type guys. That was our conversations hell, early. Where did they get Sherratt? How come Winnipeg, who were desperate on the back end, let Sherratt go? Okay, so besides that, they were picked as guys that would play. The first seven or eight games the Montreal Canadiens played, we said at the time, wow, I wouldn't want to play this heavy team at playoff time. And then they went for a dump. See? For a dump. Price was not very good. Primo wasn't very good. Allen was good. I mean, they stumbled badly. Now, playing. We gave, we gave Montreal full hockey. credit when they deserved it early in the season, did we not? We showed them love. But he had this we conversation that they were, they looked like a team built in the playoffs. We had that conversation, what, 10 games into the regular season? 15? But, but here's what I also said I said, yes, but I'm really nervous about their youth down the middle. Their youth down the middle scared me. Okay, yeah. Miami and Suzuki, I was nervous that they weren't veteran enough to do it. And guess what? I was so wrong. Well, I wasn't. I knew they were going to be real good players. I just thought they were a little early, a little premature to put them in there. Well, guess what? They're difference makers. So they're a different team. Byron, they didn't even know what they had. They didn't know where Price was. They had to bring Sean Burke in to help him. Byron, they put on waivers three times for cap space and whether they could have very easily lost them. I mean, look, there was lots of things that they didn't really know were going to happen either. Bergevin was talking about retiring. I've had my fill. I can't take the heat anymore. And look what's going on. Ducharme coaching change because they're stumbling. Ducharme comes in. Now Luke comes in. Like, seriously, I'm not sure they knew what they had either. Not only us. We, we, uh, we had this discussion on on the Leafs picking Wayne Simmons over Corey Perry and Ben Sherratt to me, Mac. How oh. can you – Winnipeg, you just mentioned what? it. It's like you have this guy under your nose, and it's not like he walked out the door to go sign uh, a 5 or $6 million contract. He signed right. one with Montreal for three and a half million. And now you watch and it's like Ben Chirot would look really good in a Winnipeg Jet uniform right now. And they and the Canadians, even in that series, dominated the Jets at the net because their defense wasn't good enough and strong enough and big enough to handle it. So anyway, look, Bergevin deserves credit. He's taken God, I mean, he's taken a ton of heat. Let's not kid ourselves. But, but, and we said it the other day, Shereddy Suzuki trade, oh man. That, that, and Bergevin took some heat on that one too. And I'll tell you what, Suzuki, every time he steps on the ice, he's making something happen. He, he's got a chance to be a, and we talked about this last show, Nick. Suzuki's yeah. got a chance to be an impact guy. Well, he is already. He is an the impact guy in the series. And, and how he, tough he is. It's, it's, it's growing, uh, beyond belief the confidence not only in suzuki but the, the whole team but what about and the fact that they wouldn't put caulfield was a healthy scratch how many games finally relented to pressure to put him in the lineup he's been the story of the series with the plays this kid is making 
just a, a huge goal off of a, a Corey Perry. Oh, uh, what a play! <laughs> it's, what a play by Perry! How can how can Mark Stone look so slow and Corey Perry look so fast in this series? I don't get it. I don't get it. But that's the truth. It is the truth. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at Stone. I'm thinking, whoa, what is going on? Pressure, pressure affects people differently. And Stone's a guy that's been on an unbelievable trip since he went to Vegas. I mean, they couldn't stop patting themselves on the back about the Stone acquisition, and we couldn't stop patting them on the back over those acquisitions. And the kid, I feel for him. Mark Stone's doing everything he can, but he's not getting anything done, starting with five on five and then going to the power play where it's absolutely abysmal. Game game, uh, 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 three against uh, uh, Vegas, uh, they looked like – a team that deserved to win that lost. And now yeah. if I got my games correct. And then last night they they looked similar in in game five as they did in game four, but they, they got the results, Mac. Yeah. And yeah. that that's two good games in a row for the Montreal Canadians. And yet the energy coming into the, the Vegas game last night suggested that everything was tiered towards Vegas taking the lead, thus you picked them. And then we see Mark Andre Fleury come out. And if you ask me, Mac, oh, I'll I'll take I'll take Mark Andre Fleury all day long over Robin Leonard if you gave yeah. me the choice. Yeah. But in this instance, I told you the last uh, the last show, the right decision last night would have been Robin Leonard, not Mark Andre Fleury. So when I turned the TV on last night and I didn't see the pregame shows, I almost fell off the chair or the Chesterfield couch, whatever it's called. I, I was like dumbfounded. So just a minute. You take out Flurry and put in Leonard. Then you got Flurry thinking, what the hell is going on? I'm pulled because of one bad goal and blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, okay, Leonard wins 2-1 in overtime, made some big saves, Caulfield on a breakaway, big saves around the paint, and he goes back to Flurry. Everybody would have thought Leonard was going in that. I thought, I thought, are you shitting me? Did he just do that? Did he just do it? Mac. 2-1 in overtime, and he comes back with Flurry, and I'm thinking, where is, what is going on here? Now, just a minute. There's a lot of chirping come out of Vegas that Gerard Gallant was let go because he couldn't make in-game adjustments. Okay? That that was out there, coming from people in that organization, okay? And I'm watching the game last night, and I'm thinking, ah, they can't get through the neutral zone. They can't get the power play going. They can't forecheck. Maybe they need some in-game adjustments right now. And I'm not seeing it. What did that take you? you about better come up minutes. with it real fast. <laughs> 14 minutes for the Gerard Gallant uh... Uh, in-game adjustments comment. I love it. Um, Am I accurate in that? Yeah, well, it... That's yeah, been if, in the New York it, Post. That's if, been in the New York Post that that came out, that his in-game adjustments yes. and his technical air, his technical side was yeah. was weak. Yeah, like, I think I, I think it's, uh, it's an overplay comment. I called comment. bullshit on it two weeks ago, remember? Yeah. I called bullshit on that when Gerard's name was out there. Bullshit on the fact that he can't make... 
in-game adjustments. Fleury let in three goals in San Jose last five minutes of the game that were in the middle of the net, and that's in-game adjustments? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. enough of that. The only thing I, I, I say right now. is that at a Series 2-2 where you have not played well, where all your main horses are shut down, and I don't care how small of a sample size it is, there was only one game, one game that we've seen in this series that one Vegas player has crawled a little bit in the Montreal Canadian psyche. And that included Cole Caulfield with those comments uh, yeah. about uh, shutting him down. But at least you had that energy of Robin Leonard. Yeah. Of, of, of crawling in Montreal's heads just a tad. And you lost that. You lost that energy of Robin Leonard being the one guy that can make Montreal maybe scratch their heads a little bit. Other than that, there isn't one guy that has owned any part of the Montreal Canadiens in this series, and you sat him on the end of the bench. You could have easily come back to Fleury if you needed to down the road, 3-2, if, you, if, if Leonard would have lost and been in the same predicament, but maybe just with a, a, a wider mindset of, so, so, of a reset. So where does he go? Fleury. So where does he, he go now? Mac, where, where does he go next? He time? has to go back to the guy that 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 did the job the last time in Montreal. He has no choice. Okay, right now it's not even debatable. He has to go back to Leonard. You cannot end this series with Mark Andre Fleury losing two games in a row. And, and listen, I, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm saying I want to see some adjustments. So if that's one of them. And I don't mean putting Marcia on the wing in place of Pacioretty with Stone and, and Stevenson. Well, I, I mean, shuffling the lines I, is what he thinks was in-game adjustments. Well, that's an in-game adjustment. Okay. Well, I want to see, I want to see some speed through the neutral zone. I want to see crisp breakouts. I want to see speed through the neutral zone. I want to see them getting through the neutral zone the way Tampa changed they, and got through the neutral zone in game two against against the Islanders. See, this is this see is that. this is what you're talking about because I watch a Vegas team right now and they want to play and beat Montreal like they just beat Colorado. And it doesn't work that way. I'm watching these 40-foot passes through the neutral zone get shut down constantly. Right. They can't even get in there and start a cycle because they can't get through the neutral zone. And they and can't it get through the big four on the blue line. It's, it doesn't work that way. There's a rhythm to the game. It's a dance. And they want to only dance a certain way. And Montreal's not allowing them. And they're not making those adjustments that you're talking about. Because every time they try to do an east-west pass or, or a 40-foot pass uh, through, through a, a red line, they get shut down and they, they, they look, it's a, it's a constant look Mac. It's frustrating to kind of watch them. Oh, this, this is a president's trophy tying team. They lost out in a, in a tie break. This is a team that relied on four check, hard work, big plays from their big players. Th this is a team right now that needs you. There's nothing more gratifying for a player 
to go on the ice knowing there's a game plan in place and watch it succeed. Because when you're the Montreal Canadiens and you're hearing the game plan and you're watching it succeed, the confidence level grows within the group for the staff. It, it, it's, it's a critical part of it. And when you're stumbling and your power plays awful and you can't get entries and you can't get a forecheck going, you start second-guessing your coaching staff. So this is a, this is a big this, – this team was one of the best teams in the NHL all year. This is a team that can still win this series. With, with the exception but of the I, power but we see, But we got to see something drastically different. Drastically different. With the exception of the flipping wingers. With the exception of the power play, Mac, because that did struggle, much like the Toronto Maple Leafs. They never really got that power play going. Petrangelo's a a wonderful hockey player, and he's been great in these playoffs, but he's still not regarded as a top power play point guy. And I think during the regular season, they finished, what, 22nd overall on the power play? But now it's gone. It's 0 for 12, if I'm not mistaken, in the series. Like, Theodore looked like he was going to be that guy. But, but, and I watched Petrangelo get frustrated last night. I mean, he, he got a couple of shifts. Like, he was, he, he's at his wits' end right now. This guy as well. And I can't blame him. We know power plays dry up this time of year, but you still have to be better than 10% on your power play to try to win a Stanley Cup. You're a comp, a, a, a basically the best team overall in the NHL, with the exception of Colorado. So look, it, it's this is a this is a real test. And in when this test is going on, your general manager is in a hotel room in Montreal uh, with COVID, who apparently can't get across the border. Has that changed any? Is he still in a hotel no, room in Montreal? I think that yeah, I think you're not allowed to change countries when you're COVID positive. I mean, so he hasn't been able to get another test. Uh, you know, they st- make him stay there for life. He tested positive. I think that means I know, but 14 they days. Retest? Can they not retest before well, the 14 days? I guess that's a, the law. I guess at, it's a, the law. At, at a buck 25, how many you want to keep throwing at him? <laughs> but anyway, eventually, I you got to say, I mean, I feel you've got it. Like, this is a time when your general manager's got to be around the team. And, you know, I know George is there and, and I know Foley's there, but I'll tell you what, we talked about the pressure going into this series and look, they're good enough. They can still come back, but Montreal are on top of their game, full credit to them, full marks to all the guys we've talked about. And like when Carey Price has done what he's done since the Toronto series, I'm telling you what, that makes he, me real nervous. Mac- I've never seen this guy look better. I've never seen him look better in a long, long time. Like, there is no, there's not a bad, like, has he given up one bad goal in, in a month? The it, McNabb was it, goal was, was it McNabb's McNabb goal? goal? That, that was Maybe. That was his close. And that That's wasn't even close. a real bad one. And that wasn't even a real bad one. They have got so much confidence in this guy. And when they get a lead, the way yeah. they're playing, well, and they're buying in, I got to deserve full credit. And the center ice, I mean, who would, I mean, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of Vegas as center ice. I've said that numerous times, okay, on this show. But when I look at Suzuki, Kokaniemi, Stahl, and Danu dominating the center ice position, 
That absolutely shocks me. And they are dominating that position. Chad, Chan, uh, Chandler Stevenson misses game three and game four and comes back and is their best centerman. Yeah, by far. And by far. Carlson, Riley, see, it's like horse racing, man. You just, you never know. It got, he could win it. He could lose it. He could break his leg and, and you got to shoot him. You just, you don't know. But to sit here after watching this series and thinking that Mark Stone, Riley, Marcheseau, uh, Pacioretty, Stone, Carlson would all shut down like the way they had. There's just no way you could ever forecast that, Mac. But do you remember something I said to you? When you go into the playoffs and into a series as an underdog, it is such it can be such a magical thing happen. It, if you can catch it as an underdog and you can strategize and it's, you see some success and it takes off, it can be – I mean, that's why we've this, seen it happen so many times in hockey. Is this your and Montreal – is, is this your Florida team from 96 – or no. is it uh, the Canadians from 93, Mac? They, I think, I think they I think missed the playoffs the following year after winning that cup. I think it's the Canadians from 93. I really do. And, I, and you know, I, I look at the, the magic of, a, of Suzuki with big goals and big plays and the magic of Caulfield with big plays and big goals and the magic of Kokaniemi with big plays and the magic, the magic of Perry and Stahl, and Byron, Weber, and the leadership. I, I'll tell you what, Petrie comes in and, and was amazing how the, the change he brought to this team. So they've got, and, and then it all circles around their Price. goaltender. It all comes back to him. And I'll tell you what, Vegas are still good enough to come back. I'll tell you what, there better be some, like, I don't know. They're shaking their heads right now. I made it a note when I heard Gallagher in the latter part of the Leaf series say, we think one goal is enough to win yeah. with yeah. Carey Price. And I don't know, I don't know many guys, including my era, that have ever, you know, maybe Buffalo felt that way about Hoshik. And of course, you know, we've had some great, great uh, teams with uh, Brodeur and Patrick. But when, when I heard Gallagher say that, yeah. I made it a note to, to, to emphasize what that makes a team feel like. Yeah. And it's, it goes to your belief, Mac, that if Gallagher truly believes that, then Vegas has to score the first goal or else this thing's over. It's just that simple. Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah and it's such a frustration because, I mean, look, any hockey person that watched the Vegas Golden Knights play this year, did they have a handful of games where they were off? Did they play a handful of games this year like they played three games in this series? No, I mean, they were as consistent as any team in the NHL. Night in, night out, home, road, 
whatever the opposition was, they rose to the occasion and they got to come back to that. They got to they got to get that belief back that, that we're a, a we're a dominant team. And right now they're being dominated in a lot of facets of the game. Last night, I think on uh, on Hockey Night in Canada, Elliot, uh, our good buddy Elliot Friedman, mentioned that uh, Darren Millard uh, talked about uh, first time Vegas is out of a time zone going into Montreal, and if that played a factor, and oh my God, I, I, are you I, kidding me? I, I, I the first thought was no, Vegas was playing shit before that, <laughs> you know. Uh- they had bad starts what, before that. They they looked like the they were stuck zone? in the mud before that. What's the time zone? Two hours or one hour? Two hours. Is it? To the east, bud. Jesus. Like, seriously. Are we talking about... Like, I, 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 I believe Scotty Bowman when he was coach of Detroit and he said, we've had to go through time zones for four rounds. We're finally in San Jose and we've had to go through it for four rounds time zones. It's catching up to us. One game? You got to be shitting me. Do you do you buy into that maybe Colorado sucked more life out of them than they would have hoped? Because it's one thing to say that you're not playing well, but it's another one to look like your energy has just gone down tenfold. I, I think you, you can say, if, if somebody would have said last night that the combination of Minnesota and the comeback against Colorado may have affected this. I would buy into that a little bit, but Colorado should have been a high at the end. It should have been an amazing high battling back in that series and winning. So I'm not buying it. I I think Minnesota took its toll on them. I really do, but I'm not buying the fact that I'm not buying the fact that, time zones or any factor whatsoever. I, I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. Teams do so much preparation for that. I'm sorry, but we'll see. Those first three weeks in the regular season, one of our thumbnail, of course, was the Montreal Canadiens and, and talking about uh, Stanley Cup contending. And yeah. one of the reasons why we did that was uh, Bergevin's pickups, of, yeah. including Josh Anderson. And I'm watching this guy constantly get behind Vegas's blue oh. line to go in on, on breakaways. And at what point, Mac, do you just say, uh, stop it. Okay. Don't you know let what? this guy get behind you. I'm worried. I'm worried about Jeff Rimmer because he goes to bed every night and he wakes up at three in the morning when he has to get up because of his, you know, enlarged prostate and go to the bathroom. He goes, Josh, you're a blue jacket still. How Canadian. <laughs> How do you let a guy that size with that speed like leave your organization? I, I don't I don't get I will never get that in in uh in Columbus. Why would you was, ever but, let this guy go? Well, you know and I know it happened two years earlier when there was a major pissing match over a contract and it was embedded in the kid's head that he was leaving. You know that, and I know it. So it wasn't a last minute decision. It was, we've got leverage. We, the Blue Jackets have leverage. 
we're going to use our leverage and we're going to make this guy sign this contract. And you know what? They used their leverage, which lots of teams do, and they they made him sign it and he wasn't staying. And that was out there. And I kept telling my good friend Rimmer that that was going to happen. Of course, he didn't buy it. But anyway, it's too bad. Because, like, And he look, he was up and down all season. He looked good. He looked bad. He looked great. He looked bad. Good injury, a couple injuries. Nick, you're 100% right. This guy looks like a friggin' horse. He looks like a star the way, and not the goals, but the way he's dominating his speed. And I've seen him back check yeah. every bit as well effectively as forecheck. Their back pressure has yeah. been absolutely I just, an understatement. Their back, I, I their back I, pressure on the, on the back check. I can't believe a guy that size has got the edge work to cut in around the net as well as he he does. And I, I think he's better at it than Tom Wilson. And Tom Wilson, over the last few years, including his Stanley Cup, has kind of led that charge. But I'm watching Josh Anderson, and I, I think overall he's 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 a better skater. I, I don't know if he's... From from a yeah, from a he, point A to a point B, Mac. Oh, he's a much Wil better skate. Wilson can really go, but I'm watching Josh Anderson east west cut yeah. in to the net. I, I can't tell you how impressed I am. I, I'm blown away by it. I really am. I'm blown away by it. I, I, you know, I know his season was up and down, but he still scored. I don't know what did he get. Was he tw close to twenty goals or whatever? I mean, the guy still found a way. He was streaky at times, yeah. but he is a horse, and he's not getting involved in the BS. He's just playing big and fast and physical, and he's chipping in goals. And his line, his line has got great, great jump right now. Takianemi, Gallagher, Anderson, uh, they don't have one guy who's sitting on the sidelines watching. Everybody is involved. They roll four. It is. Yeah. It, it's flawless right now. Their game is flawless. Like Armia, Stahl, Perry. Like I watched them the other night in the first period of the game. I'm thinking, I watched Stahl at the end of the season. He could hardly get up and down the ice. And all of a sudden, Stahl now, I mean, you know, as we've said numerous times, how can you look so slow in a fast regular season and look so fast at playoff time? It's on, but th and this blue line ridiculed, big, slow, stumble yeah. bums. I'll tell you what, nobody's ridiculing them now. And we, I mean, we talked about it. it. That would not be a fun blue line to play against at playoff time. So Vegas have got some homework to do. Got homework. it. And I'm anxious to see what they do. You, you think, uh, with the success of Montreal, it's been never kind of easier to to sit there and say, "Listen, I I, I know I got to make the playoffs. I get that, but what do I have to kick the shit out of ourselves over hey. a regular season? Just, just you know, time it. Just play isn't, well in the playoffs. Isn't it, like, isn't it hilarious now to read all the experts? talk about the GMs in the league are watching the Montreal Canadiens and they are trying to relook at their team 
as how to model the way the game is played in the playoffs. <laughs> are you shitting me? Copycat like, league. Sh- like I listened to Drury yesterday and they had, had a press conference with Gerard and Drury's talking about the watching the playoffs and how the game is champ thinking, oh my God, is this new? Is this like groundbreaking? No. This has been going on for 75 years. That about, it changes at playoff time. What about the roller coaster of a guy like Carey Price who you got to get rid of his contract and no, you don't to uh, worth every penny a 10 and a half to it's a bargain. It's like, it's incredible. <laughs> the roller coaster that this guy has been on and yet he is the most level-headed one out of any of uh, anybody in hockey right now. And we said going into the Toronto series, Care, I said it, I guess, probably, because I'm going to take blame for it. Carey Price, you owe the Montreal Canadiens something this year in the playoffs. With the way your season has been, the you last, owe them Mac, something. Maybe well, the he, last two or three. He, sho- he has shoved it right up you know where with the people that have said that, including me. He is, he, he's, <laughs> he is the main reason why they can, they can, they can function the way they're functioning right now. Yeah, he is I it. Agree. Just the only guy in a 10 and a half. Say it, everybody. It's, it's a bargain. Everyone, but- every team would happily pay that. If, if he can instill, something in a bottle that could be duplicated. But I'm telling you this, I'm telling you this, it's always scary when you're playing a team that you know if they get it going can beat you two in a row. Vegas, if they can figure this out, yeah, capable and have enough talent and skill to win two in a row. All right, are you with All me? All they got to do. All they got to do is win in Montreal and go home for Game Seven. But look, uh, I wouldn't even. Is- I, I I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even give Vegas, you know, uh, a a big ed- edge if they did win Game no. Six. Well, I I want I want to see I want to see some major adjustments because my good buddy was shit on by these guys, and I want to see some adju- in game adjustments. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, as as an objective broadcaster, not as a personal buddy, right? And I brought it up this season on a few occasions, so it's not like I'm coming out of nowhere. Are you with me that the boar has no choice? Because two days ago we were calling that a gutsy call to put Leonard in, and last night I'm calling it a, a bad call to leave him out. I will be shocked if Leonard's not in, but like, who knows? I don't know. I don't know what the owner, I don't know what the owner's saying. I don't know what the GM's saying. I, who does, who does, answer me this question. Who does DeBoer like more? Where he is his goalie. I don't think it's a it's it's not a popularity contest right now. It's what covers my ass. Why you know Leonard is probably there because of Flurry's debacle in San Jose against DeBoer's team in Game Seven. 
right? Was it game seven where they were up 3-1 with five minutes left and they lost the game the with, the five minute the major, major. with the five-minute major? Major. Five-minute major, yeah. All right, your 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 track record's still pretty good here, so well, give us a prediction for game six. Montreal, Montreal closed it out. Montreal, 4-2. Oh, can I say that? Uh Geez, I, I think I think I got to say it's going seven. Oh, you just said I think I got you, you switched know, it on I, us. Well, I I want some time to think about this. You're all right. We'll give you that. I usually your first reactions, your best one. What did right? I say? What did Four I say? Montreal. <laughs> yeah, I I I've, I've got. Yeah, I've got Montreal winning. All right. Oh, I'd like to be wrong. I'd kind of like to see it go seven, just because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see. Because I'm watching this, uh, I'm watching this Netflix uh, on um, Startup. It's called Startup, and it's getting a little dark. So I like to have something else I can do besides They're watch. All dark. Startup. I told you that's a good show, man. That's a good show. It's a great show, but it's a little dark, isn't it? Well, I mean, Jesus, they're all dark. Jordan, as what's I it about? Said, give us, give us it I in about said, ten seconds. About, the one thing about all these shows is you feel better about your own kids when you go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quick synopsis: It's about uh, a startup and people working yeah, in startup the startup problem. world, and you know, different and, uh, different and, and people, getting, attitudes, and, all that stuff, and getting funds, and mm -hmm. getting funds, and trying to come up with cash to fund your operation, and Getting funds in from dubious situations is how I'd sum it up. All right. Critic, Netflix critic, Doug McClain joining us on the uh, Real Kipper at Noon show. All right, switch gears, Mac. Islanders absolutely throttled. Oh. And, well, we marveled at their ability to look the same when they're up to nothing or down to nothing <laughs> um really really but went out the window on, on this, this one how do the islanders recover well here here's the interesting thing where we just finished talking about adjustments didn't we okay so what about his comments post game of an eight nothing loss what did he say he said what happened tonight? The mistakes that were made tonight are fixable. So he believes, and his team believes, that what happened in an eight-nothing debacle is fixable. The coach made that comment post-game. What happened tonight is fixable. I didn't hear Vegas saying that. I haven't heard Vegas saying, but he said it's fixable. Yeah. So I'm anxious to see tonight what he does to fix it and his well, team does to fix it. So, the, you know what? It'll yeah. start, it would start with maybe less turnovers. Good place to start. And it's right? it's so interesting that a team could lose eight nothing and still not look as lethargic uh as Vegas. So that's so that's maybe the point that he's he's talking about. It's not yeah. It's not uh, I like lack of energy or lack of effort or lack of, right. you know, uh, wanting it. That that stuff you can question Vegas after last night. Right. I like the comment by the by Trotsy. I like them. I, I mean, he's getting his team ready. 
saying, hey, you know, we're, we'll fix this problem and we're back there. We're back in it. You know, we got, you know, so I liked it and it will be a hard fought game tonight. It'll be a hard fought game. Even if you're able to fix it, Mac, it's really a, a tough task if Kucherev, Stamkos, Braden Point just feel like playing. And there's some, there's some on an off day. Uh, I like your chances a lot better. Yeah. But when these guys are on and they feel good, and what was the power play? Three for six. We talk about Vegas's being completely shut down. Yeah. These guys but, are un, un, uh, they're unstoppable, I think, when, when these and, guys and are feeling it. The other thing that would bother me a little bit is all of a sudden the Sorelli Gillorn Stamkos line yes. comes alive and, well, and gets what? Four, four goals. That, uh, I mean, five shots sudden, in the first four games. Right. You, and all of a sudden they come alive with a big game. And all of a sudden now you've got the point line, Sorelli line, you know, the Gord line. I mean, they're all there. And, and you know, the energy line from the fourth line, they're coming at you too. Cause you know, Goudreau and Coleman and company are not, you know, and Johnson, they're coming as well. So, and, you know, I mean, Chernak is out, Shen's in. They look to be healthy. Chernak, not sure what the situation, whether he'll be back or not. Um, they get a, I always get a break with Brazil getting the fine, which is what you thought it would be. Um, so we'll see. $5,000 fine for Barzell. That would have been George Peros, who's uh, uh, the key guy in the uh, player safety uh, supplemental discipline uh, department. That that would have been maybe the gutsiest call he'd ever make, taking Barzell out of this one. There's not a snowball's chance, as you like to say, that he was going to do that. I mean, the Shifley thing, the Shifley thing still... The Wilson thing comes back to haunt him. The Shifley thing haunts him. I listened to Grapes talk the other night about the Shifley thing, about him getting four, what do you get, four games for that for that hit. I listened to, have you listened to Sean Avery describe that hit? Uh, yes. <laughs> we all have. <laughs> Just... Anyway, I, George, yeah, it was a big decision. Oh, man. I could only see them all sitting around that video sitting around the monitor making that decision, that group. Oh, my God. Good on them. Good on them. Uh, they'll get a chance to tie this series up, take it into seven. What's going to have to happen here uh, for the Islanders to to go the distance? Well, look, as, as much as – we applaud the Sezikis line and Martin and Clutterbuck with what they've done. And they've certainly done their job. Uh, you know, you, you've got to see the big boys, the Bavillier, the Nielsen, Nelson, um, you know, Berzel, Eberly. We've got to see, you know, Palmieri, Zajac. Look, they've all been good through the playoffs. They need to play the game of their lives tonight, that group. And, you know, Pelnit, uh, Pelic and, Pelic. and Pulak have Pulak. been good. Have been good. Letty's been good, but they need they need the game of their lives tonight. That Dobson didn't play much. Um, you know they got to get back to using people. Five defense. It's tough going when you get this deep. And they got to do something that uh, 
nobody's been able to do the last eight games, and that's keep Braden Point off the goal scoring sheet here, Mac. Uh, Unbelievable. In, in, a, in an era where you are in shutdown mode, where goaltenders have never been better, save percentages have never been better. He's only two games behind Reggie Leach's all-time record in the playoffs of 10 consecutive games. Unbelievable. I don't know how you can even contemplate that this is happening right now, 2021. I, I just can't. I, I just can't. And I, I tell you what, and Nick, when you look at the goals that he scored, these are not cheap goals. These are big-time skilled plays, big-time gutsy plays he's done it every way it's on his ass on his knees it's it's big shots it's it's patience at the net and a deke and upstairs i mean it's he's done it every which way it's it's been special reggie reggie was the big shooter you know with the flyers but this guy has done it every possible way and i mean the him and kucherov have such magic uh, Palat has been real good. Their blue line is such a threat, it, you know, because they got the threat coming from the back end offensively. It allows a little more freedom down low. You know, it, it's it's a tough assignment for the Islanders. It really is. Nick Kiprios, Doug McLean, episode one thirty three with the Canadians, one game away from the the Stanley Cup. Where are you, by the way? This is a new look, new background look. I can only see your. You look like you're in the witness protection program, for God's sakes. Why are you so dark? You know, I've had a problem with Jill on these shows, right? <laughs> we've, had a, we've had a couple problems with her. So Jill, Jill's actually building a couple houses here, spec homes that we're building. And, you know, so she's busy on her computer. So she said to me this morning, since you've been shooting your mouth off on the show about me and people of her friends have showed her to the clips, Oh no! She did. You she decided. That. She decided that she was going to work at her computer this afternoon at her desk upstairs, and I was going to the spare bedroom. I hope it's not to sleep here as well, but I've been sent to the spare bedroom. If you are in the witness protection program, it's only because <laughs> Jill put you there. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead of uh, myself here, but I think I will. H- how would how would Tampa Bay match up against Montreal? Because we've got like award winning penalty kill versus an award winning power play, <laughs> but outside of that, you would almost think at this point it's been proven that. Montreal could disrupt Tampa Bay's rhythm just well, as easily as they've done it against Vegas. I know one thing. If I was Luke and the coaching staff, if you if you happen to get by Vegas, that's still a big if. If you get by Vegas, I would be taking a look at Columbus-Tampa Bay playoffs two years ago. I'd be having a look at those a lot of shifts as to how Columbus played in the neutral zone, how Columbus played in Tampa Bay's face, how it was in the tough areas. As Dave King used to call 
the quiet zones, which were the corners and the barrier behind the net, and other people called it the combat zone. Um, I, I'd be having a look at that because that was quite a series by the Columbus Blue Jackets four, a couple of years ago. And that was a beautiful, structured hockey team that was eaten alive by physical, downright ugly hockey. So I think Columbus, or Tampa Bay have grown since then. They learned a lot since that series. That's what will make it more challenging. Game six tonight. Tampa Bay up 3-2 in that series. Uh, we'll see if they can close it out. If Tampa continues to get a little balanced attack, I think six different Lightning players scored in the last game. Um, it, it's going to be tough for the Islanders to hold on here. All right, let's switch gears a little bit, Mac, because uh, you stirred it up a little bit with your Tortorella comments about uh, possibly having a uh, a friend <laughs> by the Buffalo Sabers, and what did we hear last last uh, here that uh, maybe the Pagulas have it listed at around five hundred million? Does that sound about right to you? That seems to be a number that's that seems to be out there a little bit, and. Uh... I, I guess, look, I want to qualify this. I did protect myself because I said, as they say in PEI, I'm not telling you it's the truth. I'm just telling you what I heard. So there is uh, there's now, some rumblings out there, though. And we like to talk about rumblings. Yeah. So if we stick with Buffalo a little bit, it does. There is a sense that uh, the Eichel talk has gotten a little bit uh, more aggressive. I had heard that uh, all three California teams are knocking on the door, with maybe the exception of uh, Anaheim, maybe a little bit more aggressive. Anaheim's more aggressive, you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anaheim would have. I think the most interest and, out of and, uh, out of any team, and possibly Mac with with the room that they have, Anaheim might be in the best position to do something. Now, this is what I've also heard on a follow up to the Jack Eichel stuff: is that Buffalo is not interested in salary coming back, draft picks, and Grade A prospects. Well, Anaheim certainly are in a position. Um, you know, let's not let's not forget that Anaheim were heavily involved in the Dubois sweepstakes from Columbus. And you know, the name Zagris was out there, the kid uh, from the World Junior, who's a spectacular prospect. Would you be uh, they, would Would you be so fast to give up that kid? Oh man, that that that's scary to have to do that. But you know what, you're You've got a franchise that has got to get back on track here. You know, that's, they've had good success as a franchise in recent years. Stumble lately. Bob Murray's got to make a splash here, or there's going to be some big changes there. What does Eichel bring? What's Eichel's health? I, I think you're on the money. I think, I think Anaheim would be a team with assets that could make it happen, but those are those are. Those are scary deals when you yeah. make these big moves. They're scary deals. Let me tell I you. Hear, I hear. Uh, I hear. I hear. L.A.'s cooled off, and 
again, if you cannot unload money, Mac, I'm not sure how much it makes sense to have Kopitar, Eichel, and Drew Doughty no. picking up, what, 40, 45% of your salary. I, I can't see that happening. That's why Anaheim, to me, because and also because of the history of the Dubois um, you know, situation. I, I've got to believe Anaheim would be the team. I don't even see <clears throat> San Jose, although Doug Wilson's done so many, you know, strange things the last few years. Who knows what's going on there? But I, I think Anaheim makes the most sense. I really do. Anaheim, I think the writing on the wall is too, as, as well as, uh, you know, Getzlav. Uh, his contract's coming up, Mac. And, I would imagine if he was going to go anywhere, he would have he would have left by now. So they might be in a position to resign him. But what would you? Oh, is it a two or three million dollar contract? Clearly, they're looking for the next one to step in and be the face. I'm just not sure, Mac, what you think you're getting out of Jack Eichel. Right now, you're getting a guy that you think is arguably as talented as anybody out there, but What's been proven with Jack Eichel that that you think you have to make this trade because you haven't proven that you can win with this guy? What, what's been proven is that Jack Eichel can put up points in the regular season. That's that's what he's proven thus far in his career. <clears throat> so uh, injuries are, are a major concern. You don't know what the health situation is. He thinks he's you know he can be fixed. Buffalo, there's a I don't know what is going on with that mess, but. You know, it, it's it's a that's a big deal to make. I'll tell you what, it's a big, big deal to make. Now, when you say Getzlop, are we going to have a Joe Thornton, Spezza, uh, Getzlop sweeps sweepstake in Toronto? Is that going to be? <laughs> is that going to be the sweepstake? Am I'm I not gonna sure. Read, like I, 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 you know, when I, when I, I wasn't. I was pretty critical of the Simmons, Thornton, even Brody. I I wasn't in love with, but I don't know. I I, I guess that that is over. Maybe that's done. So that's good. I would imagine they'd get Getzlav on a two a two million three million dollar one year deal, and um, he'll be running the team before we know it. That's basically what happens with these type of guys, right? Uh, you said it. I didn't. Yeah, he'd be great. <laughs> I think he'd be great. We see the Sadiq. You mean running the team? You mean he's going in as GM? Yeah, whatever. Start off slowly. Work your way to president, <laughs> owner. He could probably anyway. buy a team with the money he's made. The Sadines in Vancouver. That's a good move. Yeah, I like it. I like the Sadine move. You know, and uh, again, we we had we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Lou Lamorello winning the. Uh, GM of the year award. Yes. Um, you know, we got to get that in there. Yeah, absolutely. For um, all our Islander fans and Leaf fans and New, yeah. Jer and New Jersey fans. Great accomplishment. Uh, in the, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire conversation. Uh, Matthew Kachuk and St. Louis seems to be uh, a lot talked. Wow. I've never heard that. No, you See, haven't. You, hey. got, you, you come up with all the gems. I come up with no, garbage. No, like that's out there, No, that's out there. And you come up with these gems. 
do we have a That's real sense? Do we have a real sense of uh, who's going to make key decisions in Calgary? Brad, I, Brad or Daryl or a combination of both? I was told yesterday that it seems really weird there. Like nobody really has a feel for what's really happening. Not. You know, like they, they're not getting a whole lot of direction from their head coach, from the GM, from any. It's kind of weird is what I was told yesterday. Yeah. See, now, I, please I, don't run blogging with this, you guys. Like, I, I'm just I'm just telling you, I, yeah. you know, it, it sort of hit me that yeah. it's kind of weird. Can we know? workshop the headline? Maybe it would be like <laughs> Doug <laughs> McLean says, it's kind of yeah. weird. Last week. <laughs> last week. By the way. That, yeah. Go, go ahead. I was just going to say last week you talked about uh, why the Leafs raced uh, to deal with Spezza when they should be focusing on Zach Hyman. And yeah. in, in Calgary, I I wouldn't race with Matt Kachuk there. Uh, I'd probably focus more on Johnny Hockey and, and Sean Monaghan and what we're going to do there. That and where you're going to move them. Um, one really important point I have to make before we sign off here. <laughs> That's my cue that get, get me the hell off this show. I, I have, a, have my car in at the dealer at two 30 and Jill has to get her nail. Is it nails you're getting done dear? Oh my gosh. You're <laughs> just, you know what? She's getting a, she's getting a, a padlock right now on that I'm door. No, I'm sucking up. She, Is it nails gonna... you need done dear or massage? <laughs> oh my god you're flirting man you're flirting with trouble did you get an answer no 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 hey listen uh you know uh in all seriousness sad news again it's been a tough week for the nhl alumni uh rennie robert we lost at 70 72 years of age uh rennie had a, a heart attack last week and uh uh we're sad to Florida. see him go. The French connection, Mac. I would imagine they would have uh, been a been a line that uh, I I remember them, of course, but I was oh. much younger. But what do you remember yeah. about uh, Rennie oh. and, and that French connection line? Well, I just remember the end end rushes of a parole, the the, the great shooter, the great shooter of uh, you know Rick Rick Martin, Richard Martin. And Martin and also Rennie Robert was just the chemistry of those three guys was a special era in Buffalo Sabre hockey. It really was. And I, I, I was really saddened to hear that. You know, we lose a tough, tough week is right. Um, losing great, great individuals yeah. who were really important to their respective organizations. Well, there's no question that, uh, in their history, Mac, there's there's nobody that's had a, a bigger presence or, or more identity than the, the three guys that you mentioned, including Rennie, of course, uh, Dominic Hoshik, incredible yep. story in that organization. But as far as uh, the French connection, man, oh, man, that, uh, that seems to be uh, at the top of the mountain in Buffalo. Yeah, for history. sure. For sure. Okay, Mac. Great job. Go go tend to your Jeep and you make sure wherever Jill wants to get to, you you make sure she's there. Okay. I may spoil her tonight and pick up a Michael's pizza for dinner, you know? A meat lover. Just a spoiler. <laughs>
<laughs> we also set a record here on the Real Kipper at Noon show that uh, that Mac went uninterrupted. No one tried to call you. It's not. I it's had not, done. I had a double do not disturb on today. It's not as much fun. So listen, if uh, if you're still out there watching, hit the like button for the fact that Mac was not. Uh, uh, interrupted by uh, any of his buddies calling. And uh, if you're a first-time watcher, subscribe. We love having you on. Love having Mac on, sharing all that uh, a personal touch. Hey, Mac? Totally. It's all personal with you. Very personal. Okay, have a great rest of the day. I hope the Jeep... Didn't you just buy the Jeep? What are you taking it in for? Well, just a couple of little touch-up things have to be looked at. So I just talked to the sale. He just said, run it in. We'll look at it, you know. Doug McLean out of PEI, giving us everything you need to tee up the conference final. Thanks, Mac. Take care, man. All right, Joe and Jordan, thanks as always. Uh, That was a fast hour. We'll see how this thing plays out against Tampa and the New York Islanders. Do we get a team advancing tonight or will it go the distance? Enjoy the game, everybody. And we'll see you Friday on the Real Kipper at Noon Show.